Guys, we are so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. It is our privilege to be here. It's our honor. Um, yeah, it really is such a privilege to be speaking. Um, so, so like I said, my, um, my name is Curtis. Um, I'm from Sydney, Australia. I'm not used to the snow in November, but I'm told you guys aren't either. I'm told snow is not normal for November. But in November, I'm from the beach in Sydney, so I'm used to, like, it's, it's going into summer season in November, so I'm used to 30 degrees. Oh. Can you guys hear me? Whoa. I can hear myself. Um, yeah, I'm used, to, I'm used to 30 degree, 40 degree days in November. Is that okay? Can you guys hear me? All right. Cool. So, yeah, not used to this. But I'm adjusting to the cold. Um, yeah, I've been, I was a student in the School of Ministry from March till July. And then, I've, um, then I'm back as a small group leader this school. So I'm leading this team like with Brianna, we're going to South Korea. We are so excited. But um, yeah, it's, it's really cool to be here. I was actually here, I don't know if you guys recognize me, but I was here six months ago um, for the Encounter Weekends. I met some of you guys, spoke to some of you guys, and that was, uh, that was super cool. That was really, really, really awesome to see what God did. And, and um, this past weekend at the Encounter, at the Reencounter, who, who was at the Reencounter Weekend? Who was at the Reencounter Weekend? That was powerful. Guys, if you haven't been to an encounter weekend or re-encounter weekend or whatever these guys are up, up, up to here. It's, it's powerful. You know, it's really powerful when you just, you know, invite God. It's like, God, I want you to do something. I, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm making extra space. It's not just on a Sunday, but it's on a Saturday. It's on, it's on other days, you know. So can I encourage you guys just to, um, yeah, make space, go after God. And, and um, yeah, it was, it was powerful. And one, one story which, you know, it says in Psalm 139, God says that he is intimately acquainted with all of our ways. You know, he knows our dreams. He knows our desires. He knows everything about us. And there was one story yesterday which really just hit me. It was actually at the end of, of the re-encounter, and I was just getting ready to go. I was basically packing up my stuff, and God did some incredible things, and the fire tunnel was awesome, and people are just encountering God. Some people are being healed. But then I spoke to, to Alex, actually, and he was just saying goodbye to me, and he was just like thanking me and we're just talking and just chatting because we met six months ago. And then I just, I just saw the word rapper above his head. And I was just, I knew, a little, I knew a little bit about him. I knew he sung, but I was just like, do you rap? I was like, are you, are you a rapper? And then he said yes. And, and anyway, I'm going to get Alex to share for a minute or two um, just about, about what we spoke about. And if that's okay. Can we give a round of applause for Alex? Where'd um, that microphone go? And the reason I want to share this is because there's so much power in testimonies. You know, I really believe that God works so much through testimonies. Um, so thanks for coming up, Alex. Um, yeah, so talk us through, like, what was, like, what happened? Uh, so basically, um, so my whole life, I've, I've always had a good relationship with God. I came from a Christian home. Um, my whole life, God has always shown me that I have a gift in music, singing, um, dancing, Rapping. Uh, rap, the rapping thing actually just came up probably earlier this year. Um, and then I'm not going to lie, when you first said rapper, I was thinking like, ah, he sees the braids. Like, I guess that's all. Like, I don't know. Like, but I'm, but I'm, I'm just like, nah, there's no way he actually knows like what my dreams are. And like, and then all of a sudden he starts, he kept going and he just started talking about how. <laughs> so. What I actually want to do is be an artist. Being famous would be pretty great. 
Um, but obviously, I don't want to be famous for the wrong reasons. Um, I want to be famous to reach out to the youth to tell others about Christ and do it through my music. Um, but I don't want to just do it through worship music. I want to be able to write worship music and Christian rap and be able to um, rap and sing and do all this stuff. But I don't want to be looked at as a Christian artist. I want to be looked at as an artist who is a Christian. Meaning, I want to do both Christian and secular music. But in my secular music, I actually want to write about good morals. I want to write about a way of life. And in the future, when I make albums, I actually want to be able to do, have my secular music talk about, hey, these are the good morals in life. This is what you should do. And then the next song, all of a sudden, by the way, this is where it comes from. Right? That's, that's been my dream. Those have been the visions that I have had. And Curtis starts talking and prophesying, saying that he sees me rapping, making albums. And he just starts going with Christian music. But then all of a sudden he says, I also see you doing some secular stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, now this is real. Like, this, is, <laughs> this isn't fake. And then it just confirmed the dreams that God has for me. And it's just knowing that the plan, that God does have a plan for me is so big for me. No, you know, I've gone through a life where, you know, I've been homeless. You know, I, I've, I've come here to, my family, we're not, we're not from Canada. My, my mom and my dad are from Colombia. Oh, I'm sorry, I said it in a Latin accent. But um, <laughs> uh, my mom and dad are from Colombia. I was actually born in uh, Statesville, North Carolina. Um, but we came up here, <laughs> we, we came up here about 10 years ago, and um, it wasn't working out so well, and I thought the plans that God had had for me weren't going to happen anymore. I made some mistakes, um, especially last year. Uh, I went through a moment where God and I, like, I just, I wasn't really, like, I wasn't really with him. I kind of was just, like, doing my own thing for a little bit, but obviously it didn't work out. Um, so I came back, and God has just shown me, hey, like, those plans I have for you, they never left, you know. You think that they might be gone, but they're not gone. And I knew you were going to go through this, but now look at where you are with me now. Look what's happening now. Look at where you're going. And I'm actually going to go to School of Ministry in March. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, so I am doing the worship module, and I'm excited. And I think um, I'm excited for what God has for me, and yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Alex. Guys, so like, God knows the desires of our heart. God knows what we feel. Am I too loud? Am I okay? Hey, can you guys hear me okay? All right, good. God knows the desires of our heart. God knows exactly how we feel. You know, I really want to encourage us this morning in, in so many different things, but, um, you know, we can all hear God's voice, number one. I really want to encourage you guys. We can all hear God's voice. We all have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you believe that he died and rose again, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we all hear his voice. And God reveals things to us, not only about ourselves, but about other people. You know? And the closer we get to God, the more we can impact the other people in our world. You know? Just like last night, you know, Alex, like you felt so encouraged, I'm sure. You know? And God knows what we want. So we need to trust him. We need to, we need to know him. And like, I remember when I was a student, I came to school in ministry, and I thought I could hear God's voice, 
I was like, I get some impressions sometimes, I feel things sometimes, sometimes God speaks to me in different ways, but I don't really know how to hear God's voice that well. Um, and I thought, well, if I'm giving my life to Jesus, I at least want to be able to communicate with him. I don't want this one-way relationship where I don't know how to hear his voice. I want to hear his voice. So one of the big reasons I came to school of ministry all the way from Australia was actually to learn how to hear God's voice. You know, and I went all in with that. The first, like week one of school of ministry is hearing God's voice. And it's just five days of just how to hear God's voice. And once I was taught how to hear God's voice, I just buckled in and I just spent time with Jesus. I spent time with the Holy Spirit. I spent time with my Father. And I would spend hours and hours and hours daily in the presence of God, hearing his voice, just listening to what he used to say. You know, and can I say that God wants to speak to you more than you want to hear him? God wants to speak to you more than you want to hear him. You know, and can I encourage you, you know, we all have the opportunity to hear God's voice so clearly, so clearly. We all have a different and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It can look different. It can look different to the, all the people in your church even, all the people in, in your family. It can look different, but God will speak to you in a way which is unique to you. So can I encourage you, let's dig in. Let's hear God's voice, because when you hear God's voice, for yourself. It changes things, you know. And something I really learned when I was a student was there's a difference between knowing the Word and knowing about God and knowing God. There's a difference, you know. And I, I, I remember God really revealed this to me a few, a few months ago, um, you know, the difference between knowing about someone and intimately knowing someone. And, and I'm like romantic kind of guy. I love friendships. I love like really getting to know people. And so God often uses like this analogy of, of um, friendship and this of like intimacy and like marriage um, as, as a way of like um, helping me to understand. So God was showing me. He was like, can you know about say a celebrity? Yes, you can. But can you actually know them? Maybe not. So you know about them, but you don't really know them. But then, likewise, you can be really intimate with someone. You can have the, the closest, most intimate like, time behind closed doors with someone. But you can, but, and you can really know them, but you can also not know about them. You know? So there's one side, it's about, it's about actually knowing about someone. Because you want to know about someone. The more you know about someone, the more opportunities it is to talk about things. You know? When I say, like, Amy, how are you? What, what's been happening in your life? What did you do when you were my age, it opens up a conversation to talk about different things. And that's why it's so important that we know about so that we can take it back to know. Because it all comes back to knowing Jesus. Everything comes back to knowing Jesus personally and intimately. And how does that begin? That begins with knowing how to hear God's voice. It all begins with knowing how to hear God's voice. You know, when God's, when God's presence comes, he changes everything. When God's presence, I don't know if you guys have been in like a, in a space in a worship night or in a conference or something where God's presence is so thick. It's so tangible. It's so real. Like, can you guys think of a time or maybe recently, long time ago, whenever, when God's presence was so thick and so tangible that in that place of just being with God, it just changes everything. And there was such a strong moment um, on Wednesday, actually, in the School of Ministry. We had like a two-hour 
worship night, and, and that was really good. We had students lead, and, and guys, oh, side note, school and ministry. If you want to invest, it's like an ad here, actually, ad break, ad break <laughs> on YouTube. But guys, if you want to, like, there's like a three-week school and a five-month school, and guys, people walk into the school of ministry hungry for God, and God exceeds the expectations every time. So can I encourage you, if you want to spend three weeks or five months just investing in your relationship with God, God will honor that. So that's my side note. It changed my life. That's my ad there. Um, but anyway, back to our story. Wednesday night, we're worshiping for two hours. It's really good. And then we go into a fire tunnel, and <laughs> the students, the fire tunnel is basically where we just, um, everyone's praying for each other, basically, and just praying for Holy Spirit to come and, and Holy Spirit to just touch people. So everyone's praying for everyone, and then all of a sudden, this atmosphere, this atmosphere of God's presence just comes, and next thing you know, all 40, basically, all 40, 50 of the students in the room are just on their faces, are just crying, are just on their knees, are just laughing. And the tangible presence of God just came and just wrecked us, didn't it? It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And in the presence of God, all you can do is just worship. All you can do is just see God's glory. And one student who I spoke to afterwards said he'd never, he'd never seen the reality of God until that, well, not never, but, but that moment what highlighted the reality of how real God is, heaven and hell, and everything that comes with knowing God, everything which which the Bible says. There's just a new reality to that. Another student said that being in the presence was the first time he, he actually forgave his mother and, and for a really big thing in his life. In the presence, getting in God's presence. Someone else had knee problems for three years and actually couldn't go. She was, she's 19, and she actually had to forego going to college on a college scholarship because she had a knee injury. She played basketball. She couldn't, she didn't go to college on a scholarship because her knee was broken. Her knee was, was torn apart to, to pieces. And she had this for three years. But in the presence of God, she got prayed for. In the presence of God, she got prayed for. And her knee got better on the spots. And next thing you know, she's running around the building, screaming and crying. This young 19-year-old woman who who couldn't go to college because of her knee, got healed in the presence of God. It's, it's in the presence of God where things happen. In the presence of God. And I spoke to her just before we left on this trip, and it was two days after that moment, and she said she's actually finding it difficult to sleep. And you think, why is, it, why is she finding it difficult to sleep? She's like, because, because she's so used to the pain in her sleep that she has to sleep in a certain position every single night. But now that her pain's not there anymore, she can roll around and move in her bed and sleep properly for the first time in three years. You know, our God is a miracle-working God. He wants to speak to us. You know, the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in us right now. You guys believe that? The same Holy Spirit. There's no junior Holy Spirit. Doesn't matter if if you're this young woman's age. Yeah, or this young woman's age. But the same Holy Spirit is in us. You know, I was, I was in Michigan recently, um, a few weeks ago, and I was given the opportunity to come to the front and say some things and, and, and minister. It was, it was really, really a cool opportunity. And during the worship, right before I was given the chance to speak, I felt Holy Spirit was like, hey, we're going to do some healing today, some big healing. This is going to be a healing meeting. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm strapped myself in. I'm, I'm ready to go. You know, when Holy Spirit wants to do something, you just stand back and let him do what he wants. 
Um, but I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do, you, what do you want to do? What do you want to heal? And he's like, I'm going to be healing people who are in accidents. I'm going to be healing people who have um, ankle problems and wrist problems. That, they're all going to be healed today. And I was like, all right, you're the boss. I'm just, I'm just following here. Anyway, but then Holy Spirit was like, but, but I'm only going to get the kids to pray. I'm only going to get the, ki- and the kids in the kids' ministry to p- pray. None of the adults are going to pray this session. It's just going to be the kids. The kids are going to be the ministry team. So I'm like, all right. I've heard stories about kids and, you know, whatever. So let's do it. So get the microphone, introduce myself, call all the kids up. And the kids are small. The kids are this high. Some are this high. They're little. Some have no idea what they're doing. Some are being held by their parents. And I'm like, guys, who's, who's been in an like, accident? Who's been in this? And I call out these different injuries. And there's maybe 200 people in this church. So there's quite a few people maybe 15 people with injuries and different things, and they put their hands up. I'm like, all right, kids, go. <laughs> go. So there's little kids, and some have to be like shepherded off because they have no idea what they're doing. And they go lay their hands on these people, and I'm like, kids, repeat after me. In the name of Jesus. And they're like, in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. We do that a couple of times, and people are crying. People are screaming. People are in shock because when the Holy Spirit's presence is in the room, he just changes things. And so I'm like, guys, okay, what happened? If you got healed, if you're 100% sure, because I'm not a fan when it's like, because I've been pursuing healing and pursuing God for a few years now, and that I find it so discouraging when, when someone's like, I got healed, but then it's like, actually, no, I didn't. I'm like, bro, like, come on, like, be certain, please. Like, we're testifying here. Like, this is important, but, you know. Anyway, anyway, so I'm like, guys, if you're 100% certain and that's why I like the story of the girl from School of Ministry, because two days later, you check in, and it's like, pain's gone. It's like, okay, like, this is for real, you know? Anyway, I'm like, guys, if you're 100% certain, please come to the front. But be 100% certain. I, please be 100% certain. So these people come to the front, um, and the first person I interview is just crying and crying and crying. He's probably about 50-year-old male, um, quite, a, quite a big guy. Didn't seem like he cried a lot, but he's just crying and crying and crying. And he... When I asked him what was happening, he, he found it difficult to, to, to speak. He found it difficult to, to get his words out. And I was like, mate, what's happening? Um, and I wasn't sure if he was actually going to speak at the end, but then he eventually opened his mouth and I was like, I haven't been able to lift my shoulder and do this for 20 years. For 20 years. And I was like, wow, come on. And I was like, who prayed for you? And he just points. And there's these little kids, so innocent, have no idea what they're doing, basically. But they're the ones, they're with the ministry team. And then I interview someone else, and she's crying and crying and crying as well. She had really bad back pain, severe back pain. The kind of back pain which keeps you up at night, and it just makes you, makes you hurt all the time. And she said it was the first time in a long time that her back felt better, and she was 100% certain. And who prayed for her? The little kids. So guys, there is no junior Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes into you, he gives you the power to, to hear God's voice, to pray for the sick, to prophesy. When the Holy Spirit comes into you, he gives you this invitation, an opportunity, an opportunity for you, for you to do these things if you want to. An opportunity to walk in the supernatural, an opportunity, an opportunity to see into what God's going to do in your life if you want to. You know, there's some, some, students, some students who I went to school with 
and some are all in from day one, but some take some weeks, some months to go into it, you know? And it's, it's clear to see, and I, I want to encourage our students here, you know, when we decide to go all in, when we decide to put, those, put the time in, when we decide, you know what, well, I'm going to believe what God says over my circumstance, I'm going to believe the word of God, that's when God moves. You know, God can move at any time, but he seems to like it when we put the time in, when we want to read our Bible, when we do pray, when we spend time with him, when we, want to, when we say, God, I actually have no idea how to hear your voice, but can you help me? You know, that's the humility which attracts God's favor, which attracts God to move. So I want to encourage us this morning. It doesn't matter where we're at. We could have been a Christian for one day or we could have been a Christian for 50 years. But so what is God calling you into next? And, is, and it, it's saying, God, you know, I humble myself. Can you teach me? You know, are you guys following me? All right. All right, so the passage I wanted to open up with today was actually from Matthew 14, um, 22. So feel free to open that and have a look. Um, this was something which God highlighted to me recently. Let's have a look. Matthew 14, 22. So the context of this is, is Jesus has just fed the 5,000, fed the 5,000, multiplied food. They had the, the five loaves, two fish, multiplied the food, fed everyone there. Then what happens after that is um, the disciples get in the boat. Jesus sends them away. And they're in the storm. And this is the story where Peter walks on water. I'm sure you guys are very familiar with this story. Um, I heard it a million times growing up in church. And so it's going to be a million and one for you guys. Um, yeah, so I'm going to read, it, read out from verse 22. Um, and guys, feel free to follow along in, in your words as well. Um, okay, 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he sent the crowds away, after he sent the, wait, after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, Command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took, him, took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and those who were in the boat worshipping him, saying, You are certainly God's son. Right. So I was reading this recently, and and something stood out to me, which which hadn't stood out to me before. Um, you know, when the disciples were in the boat, they see Jesus, and they see Jesus walking towards them, and they're terrified, they're scared. You know, but I want to think of it from this perspective. What do you think Jesus is thinking when he sees his disciples? You know, what's Jesus thinking? Maybe he's thinking. You know, there's my disciples, I'm coming to my friends. Maybe he, well, he knows that, that Peter's going to walk out onto the water, you know, and he knows that he's not, going to, he's, he's not going to make it, you know. So I'm thinking to myself, like, what's Jesus thinking? What are, what are the disciples thinking? But then this thought came to me, and it's like, it's like this. What if our greatest fear, because it says they were terrified, they were afraid, 
What if our greatest fear is actually an opportunity for God to move in our lives? What if our greatest fear is an opportunity for God to move in our lives? Because Jesus knew. Jesus knew where the disciples were at. Jesus knew their faith level. Jesus knew that this was a chance for a man, Peter, who had no concepts of walking on water, to walk on the water. You know, he had no concept. He, he, no one had ever seen someone walk on water before. This was a chance for God to unbox himself in the eyes of Peter. This was a chance for God to unbox himself in the eyes of Peter. And I want to throw this question out there today. What is something that we feel like there's some fear behind it? And is that an opportunity for God to move? What's something that we're feeling fearful about or a bit scared about? But is that actually not the opportunity to be scared, but is that actually the opportunity to trust in Jesus so that we can walk in a higher level of faith than we had previously? So is Jesus actually loving us by giving, this, giving us this opportunity so we can walk in a higher level of faith. Because when Peter saw Jesus walking in the water, he looks at Jesus. And it's so interesting. Don't you think it's so funny? If you see someone walking in the water towards you, what's your first question going to be? I, I, don't, know, I don't know what it's going to be, but it, for me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, if you're a ghost, call me out on the water. If it's a ghost, I'm going the opposite direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he says, Jesus, if it is you, call me out on the water. You know? And I think what Jesus is thinking at this point is just like he knew Alex. He knew his dreams to a T. You know? Just like he knows all of our dreams. He knows all our faith levels. He knows exactly what we've been through. He knows exactly where we're at. He knows every single thing. So Jesus knew... Jesus knew that Peter's faith level wasn't at a place where he could just walk out. Because imagine, imagine, imagine if Peter's faith level was at a level where he sees Jesus and walks out. But Peter, did, Peter didn't recognize Jesus. Peter didn't recognize Jesus. So it's an interesting thought. I wonder if that story happened again, if he would have just walked out or if he would have asked Jesus. Anyway, anyway, one of the points of that is this, that Jesus knows exactly where we're at so if we don't know if it's Jesus, what does Peter do? He says, Lord, is that you? If it's you, call me out on the border. And I want to throw that out there today. Guys, what's the opportunity in our lives where we're not sure if it's Jesus or not? And have we actually asked, God, is this actually an opportunity you want me to step out of the water into? You guys following me? Have we actually asked Jesus, is this, what you, is this you, Jesus? Because if it is, I'm going out. But if it's not, I'm, I'm running away from this ghost. <laughs> and then it's interesting. When, Jesus, when, when Peter steps out, you know, it says he, look, it, he looked at Jesus and he was walking on the water. Guys, he was actually walking on the water. That's, that's pretty cool. But then he began to sink. And when did, he begin, when did he begin to sink? When he looked at the wind and the waves. Guys, when we look... When we look at our life circumstances, when we look at the natural, when we say, oh, my knee hasn't been healed in three years. I've got prayed for many, many times and it hasn't been healed. Or when we say, God doesn't know my dreams. Or when we say, you know, whatever it looks like, oh, my, my mother didn't, you know, from the story, my mother didn't treat me right. Why do I deserve this? Why do I deserve this? You know? So Jesus knows where our faith level is at, so it's ask. But then another thought, Another thought which came to me was this. 
What if, what if Peter actually made it to the end? What if Peter got all the way to Jesus? What do you think would have happened to the disciples? What would have happened to the disciples? They would have walked out of the boat too. So can I suggest today that your opportunity, it could be fearful, but your opportunity to trust God is not just for you to walk on the water because there is that, that, there is that, like we get to walk on the water and we get to come to Jesus. But when we walk in the water, we're bringing, out, we're bringing our friends with us too. We're bringing the people in our families too. We're bringing the people in our church too. We're bringing the people in our lives, in our workplaces too, with us. So the testimonies of Jesus, the testimonies of what God does in our lives, it's just, not just a chance for us to walk closer to Jesus, but it's a chance for us to show the world and raise up their faith so we can raise up other disciples of Jesus. Uh, I'm going to finish with two things. The first thing I want to say is the storm you're going through, the storm you could be going through, Jesus knows where your faith level is at and he's not going to put you through a storm without the opportunity for you to walk on the water. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 10.13 that God won't allow us to be tempted, won't allow us to experience things that we can't overcome. He will always provide a way out for us. So if we're facing something, God is going to walk us through it. God's going to walk us through it. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying you won't sometimes fall into the water. But God will walk us through it. You know, it says in 1 John as well, 1 John 4, perfect love casts out all fear. You know, perfect love casts out all fear. So if we're fearful on walking on the water, what, what do we need to do? We need to fix our eyes on Jesus and not take him off. What does Jesus say? Where is Jesus? What is Jesus doing? You know, or even what has Jesus done? What has Jesus done? Because he just, he just fed the 5,000 literally that same day. What did Jesus do yesterday? What did Jesus do last time? What did Jesus do in my friend's life? What's the testimony of Jesus? What has he done previously? And we need to remember, you know, like Amy told me a story of, of, of a baby in this church from two years ago who was healed of cancer. That's correct, right? Brain cancer. And it was like confirmed and like scientifically recorded and everything. That's correct? That's correct. Guys, we need to remember the stories. What has God done in our lives? You know? What has God done in our lives? So guys, I'd love us all to just stand, please. Um, yeah, and I want to throw this question out there. What's something in our lives where, you know, God might be calling us out onto the water. God might be calling us to trust him. Maybe that's to, to love someone in our family when it's really hard to love. Maybe it's to share the gospel with someone at your workplace. Maybe it's, I don't know what it could be. But let's ask the Holy Spirit, what's something, where are you calling me out to step onto the water? You know? Where are you calling me to step out of the water? I love if we could all just close our eyes for a sec. And listen to Holy Spirit and ask him, where's somewhere you're calling me to step out onto the water? What is it? Maybe, maybe it's to start reading the Bible more frequently. Maybe it's to start spending time with God. What does that next step look like to you? Because lo- God loves you so much. He loves you so much. But he loves you too much to keep you where you are. God loves you so much where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where you are.
Let's ask Holy Spirit, what's that next step I can take? How can I trust you? You always have pure, good intentions and thoughts about me. 100% of the time. So I'm trusting you, God. You know, and that might even start with forgiving. Forgiving someone. Forgiving yourself for not, maybe not trusting God in the past. Or maybe it's actually, you know, releasing God of, of something where he, you felt like he didn't come through for you in the past. Maybe that's the first step for you. But what is the first step for you today?